When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Graham Thillis, and today I'm joined by Craig Anderson. Hello. And BSC Glasgow manager Stephen Swift. Hello. <laughs> this is in fact Tom Watt, who is an incredible ringer for Stephen Swift. But he's a very handsome man. He's a very good looking guy, and he does look incredibly like Tom Watt. So, yep, we'll carry on with that. I think um, you've like deliberately, st- I know that's a terrible radio audio, but you've deliberately styled yourself to look as much like him as possible. It wasn't It wasn't intentional. This was, this was a Friday. This was a Friday decision to get my hair cut, and it somehow made it even worse. Uh, today we have a Scottish Cup extravaganza who will go through the various ties and the various teams who have made it through the next round. Before we get that started, we'll have a very quick uh, hotties or notties. Does someone want to give me a, a hottie? I will go for a sports scene. Saturday night sports scene. Football highlights on the telly on a Saturday night that aren't English. Excellent. Keep it up. More of that next season. I don't mind that I think it should be on before match of the day or if they really want to just combine the two. They used to do that back in the day. Just, just chuck... Forget about Gary Lineker and just chuck the English games on at the end of the hours and everyone's a winner. No diligence out from that. Uh, my hottie is uh, Rumours, um, which is brilliant, um, as essentially three weeks of no football has left people going absolutely fucking bonkers. <laughs> I meant the Fleetwood Mac album. <laughs> also a hottie as well, uh, but no, um, three weeks without football has led to people thinking that uh, Hearts are going to swap Christoph Berra for Matty Kennedy. Folk are shagging, folk aren't shagging, folk are getting robbed, folk are falling out, folk are snaking each other. As far as I can tell, none of it's true. I, I really amplified by the fact that it was like an old firm match before the end of it, so there was like two and a half weeks yep. of like speculation about who'd fallen out with who, who like Neil so, Lennon had fallen out with about eleven players. Neil Lennon had fallen out with squared players. up to six or seven of them. There was various fights in Celtic dressing rooms, somebody was away for surgery on a jaw. 
people could look after themselves and all of it's just come through WhatsApp screenshots which everybody has <laughs> and as far as I can tell none of it's true nobody none of these rumours are even have even a hint of truth in them whatsoever but I'm still receiving them I'm still getting more so I'm going to presume this is the end of it now because the Scottish Cup games have started in the league uh, the Premiership football starts again on Wednesday so I presume that's the end of rumour season but it's been really good fun and there's been none of it with the exception of uh, Hickey to Milan and Berra being swapped for uh, Matty Kennedy <laughs> which is my pick of the transfer rumours um, yeah it's been broadly just uh, personality based rather than rumour rather than football based uh, kind of kind of spun off it, uh, incredible detective work the Hibs forum oh. this is sensational I mean it, 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 it's obviously gone a little further than it might have because Hibs shared it themselves but uh, what, what day were we on Friday uh, I think that's right, yeah. uh, about, about halfway through the day um, on Friday, one of the Hibs forums had done like, I mean, actual police do less work than this <laughs> to take a screenshot of Omega. Uh, or was it was it was his Instagram? Yeah, it was a story of him on a flight. Yeah, and they'd like found the position of the sun and the fact that he was flying over the Alps and the, and that. They'd done enough research to show that there had been a flight that left Milan that could have got into Edinburgh, and and it was right. Yeah, it was accurate. I mean, like TV detectives don't do that. Never mind actual detectives that have done that much. Uh, detail. Imagine, like, um, Jonathan Creek. That was the kind of level of yeah. You know, yeah. Jonathan Creek. It was always very, very contrived, but also very entertaining. That was the same level. And uh, just a, a staggering reveal at the end. That I am um, staying woke on this, um, and that I think we've also discovered what Kenny Miller's uh, burner account. Or <laughs> <laughs> is. I think that's a possibility. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it out as that's that's what's happened here. Kenny's just left that as a red herring to try and put people off the scent there as well. So yeah, well, well done to Berlin FC. Um, for putting us all off the set earlier in the day by making it sound a bit daft. Um, I go for a naughty of a uh, sports scene. Um, <laughs> potty. Uh, having the draw right at the end of the show yesterday, I can very much understand why they did it. Like You can understand the logic of uh, we want to show all the games, we want to show how all these teams got into the draw, which would be fine if you hadn't already shown all the same games the night before. Which just meant I think most of the audience who were tuning in had probably already seen it. Now I think there's a cynicism to that of like, oh, well, we, we want to get our viewing figures. But it, it did lead to Rangers Western our highlights being on sports scene on three consecutive nights. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not sure the game merited that. And so it was just a bit of a I feel like it, it was just probably misjudged that folk were just gonna get pissed off more than anything and not really enjoy your show and end up missing the draw and end up being a bit annoyed about the whole thing. But Got to do what you got to do. My uh, naughty is also sportsy related, but uh, did Kenny Miller get dressed in the dark? As his outfit was just <laughs> astonishing. You're looking at it going, none of that goes together. Not one bit of it. And it yeah, I was just curious. It was. It truly was an, an astonishing get up. Um, I've te- it's, this is technically a naughty, but it's also a haughty. And it's, if we can cross briefly into the world of rugby for the Saracen story, which has just been sensational. Like for starters, I, I don't know anything about rugby, uh, but I'm sure plenty believe like me that hell is for people who kill other people and the English rugby team <laughs> and all who sail on her. Um, but yeah, the biggest 
or the most successful, I don't know, whatever it is in rugby, a big team, Saracens, have been cheating for three years and have chosen to get relegated rather than uh, let anyone take a look into just the extent of their cheating. And you know, even the fact that they're called Saracens after you know 12th century war, just all of it, but, but my get thing, relegated. My takeaway from this story is hilarious. No idea where Saracens play. It's no, no, no location attached to it. It's no. like Spartans. If you didn't know Scottish football, you'd have no idea they played in Edinburgh. They could literally play anywhere in the country. But there's a t- they're like they're like the Galacticos of English rugby, and they're all yeah off somewhere else and being dismantled. Which good strip potatoes. Good enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> It's great as well that like the the biggest uh, rugby club in the country has the average home attendance of like less than hips, yeah, less than hearts. Is the big big major sport rugby with the the attendance which is less than average attendance is less than hearts when they're absolutely terrible. But it's always amazing when there's like some sort of, like the the chip on the shoulder of rugby fans about like anything that goes on in any other sport. You know whether it's like diving or the or the players get paid so much or anything like that, and then something like this happens, and it's like, <laughs> get it up, yeah. Very good, right? We'll move on to some football. We'll we'll, we'll skip past a few of these quite quickly because we've got a lot of games to cover today. Um, some of them were quite interesting, some of them less so. So let's start off with um, the the most obvious one of the weekend, um, and that's a, a Rangers penalty and a home draw in a Scottish Cup. So Rangers two, <laughs> Stranraer nil. No. Yeah, Rangers. Rung the changes a little bit, and, and Gerard did not seem at all impressed with the players that he brought in. I think Jones came in, and it sounded like he kind of really flattered to deceive. Um, they brought a few other um, French players in. Ojo was playing, I think. Um, Ojo, Ojo came on near the end. Oh, no, it wasn't him then. Um, I, think, I thought it was quite interesting that Jones was in the starting lineup on Friday, and then today he was linked with a move to Stoke. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I think that probably highlights how Jordan Jones' uh, Friday night went. Yeah, and yeah. but they, they did have some praise for uh, Nathan Patterson, who was making his debut right back. Um, yeah, good for him. Um, I mean, it, it, it did look like a pretty friend squad. Hall, uh, Andy Halliday, Fotheringham. Uh, we even saw Barker. It was, I mean, Barker looked absolutely sensational, but he was playing against the, the bottom, the bottom, the bottom side in League One. Um, the, it, there just wasn't an awful lot to say about it. I really liked Stranraer's kit. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. It really was a bit of a borathon. Um, Rangers were absolutely fine and did everything that could be expected of them on the night um, without I mean like you say bringing in French players you expect them to stake a claim but realistically as I said Brandon Barker did a good game but really what have you learned from that massively not a huge amount Stranraer Stranraer were absolutely delighted as highlighted by their Twitter account as they posted that gif of someone doing a a snow angel in a big pile of cash yes (laughs) Um, but again for a club that's uh, been struggling um, a little bit financially over the past sort of year or 18 months a big chunk of cash arriving when you lost 2-0 at Ibrox in the Scottish Cup it's not the end of the world for them and they could quite you not on not on to suggest they could have been emptied by about 20 different teams in the Scottish Cup yeah, yeah. In, in that round as well so to make it to that stage get your, get your cash money Sonora got what they want Rangers got what they want which was through the game without any great drama coming from it and they got to have their wee spooky loving cup ceremony as well, so that was good. It's just weird. It's, it's just, just weird. weird. Anyway, moving swiftly on from that, we'll go to Bonnie Rose against Clyde, which to me was the cup tie of the weekend that looked more like a cup tie than any other cup yeah. tie that there was this weekend. I'm sure I wish highlights of when Bonnie Rig, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting who they beat previously, they beat a, um, a League 1 or a League 2 team. Um, East 5. 
No, that was BSC. So that was BSC. Anyway, whoever they beat previously in an earlier round, they watched the highlights in the um, SFA YouTube, and it was just the same. The pitch in absolute state. The stadium surrounded by houses. It's very funny when you're on the highlights and you go from like Tannadice Rugby Park. It's so on the playlist and it's just going and, through. And then, and then all of a sudden you're in a housing scheme and it could be any pretty much any <laughs> junior ground in Scotland and Bonnie Rigger obviously now very much could be on the verge of joining the SPFL next season they're, they're, um, they're obviously three points behind Kelty the Lowland League with a game in hand so it's very much something they could do and they, they seem to actually hold their own very well against Clyde who are a, a mid, mid-table lower mid-table League 1 team which bodes well for them um, but at the same time they did ultimately kind of crumble as you might expect towards the end and in saying that as well though it looked like they had a very strong shout for a penalty uh, near the end as well we'll come to the living game later on in which a penalty was given um, for something which was very very similar to that um, and it did feel the sort of decision that like had like, it felt like Livy got it because they're Livy on the top flight yeah. Bonnie and Growers didn't get it because they're not of that level um, I thought they were really unlucky, but it just looked like an absolutely smashing, a smashing day, a smashing game. Um, There's a whole like a disproportionate video, a number of videos from Clyde fans as well doing the rounds as well um, of them celebrating when they scored. And they generally look like they're having an absolute time of their life. Um, and I'm every year you, you see these games, and I'm every year I'm very very sore that we don't play in these games, given yeah. that in my in the sort of recent past, the only time I can remember um, Motherwell getting a tie like that was when we drew in Veruri, and that game was cancelled about 40, 45 times. I, th- I think on the we played it on Monday afternoon, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was like that, something like that. And I think on the on the, the odd numbers, I couldn't go on the even numbers or rescheduled games. I was meant to be going. I never met, never got the chance to go. But yeah, it, it looked like a lot of fun. It was an excellent headline in the Scotsman as well. The uh, all about love and Bonnie and Clyde romance. Which you know, if you if you match that up with what the pictures were showing, <laughs> <laughs> but, but there was a sense of a throwback, and, and hopefully the good thing with these teams actually becoming stronger, and like it used to be the kind of teams outside the SPFL where weren't very many ones that were capable of mixing it, but now you're starting to get that feel. It's a bit like the FA Cup, where when a league team goes to a non-league team, they're almost not favourites. I expected Bodyrick to win that game. Because you just you just think like they're going to pack in that town. There's yeah. a big crowd. It's it's an unfamiliar circumstance, and they are a good strong team. And so you see that sort of that amount of people turning up. And I think I think the attendance was either the same as or very very close to Livy, which is obviously not too far away. Um, and Livy, a Premiership team, and okay, like it's not it's not the it's not the biggest game of Wellington's history the way it is maybe for Bonnie Bonnie Rigos, but. It's, it's a sign of, I think, football in the Scottish Cup building. It's, it's unusual because I think it's losing its kind of um, luster in England, but I think it's actually growing in some ways here because you're starting to see these teams being able to do something. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Uh, 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 that sort of marries in really well with the fact that it's something I've really enjoyed all the way throughout the year is the BBC covering it from yeah. the very, very early mm-hmm. rounds. So you get a sense. It's not just hopefully in the future as well, just say a sense of you see this team once a year that's quite nice that was a good day out and yeah. that was that was good fun to see hopefully in the future you get to see more of a, a thread throughout it and again it's, you can do that this year and it's far more down to myself that I've not paid enough attention to it because I'm quite busy um, but yeah there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of fun to be had there more than anything else and again even it was uh, I think Dunk was at the the Horford game at the weekend as well and you see more and more guys from 
sort of League One, League Two level who are going to go play for these teams and they are decent players. There's one of the Dunlop brothers that's gone there as well, and there was a whole series of names in the Hurlford team that you look at them and they're just quite decent. Yeah. There's a lot of decent players there, and a lot of clubs that are showing that ambition to get into the league. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think it's going to be an awful lot of fun over the next few years as teams try to find their level within the within the structure as well, and whether that leads to some sort of um, reconstruction at the bottom end. I think that's, that seems likely at this point because the the number of otherwise there's going to be a huge log jam there, which mm. is not great for anyone in that case. Um, we'll go to Perth. As St Johnson defeated Morton three uh, nothing. Um, did anyone have Callum Booth from the edge of the box with, with his right foot? <laughs> with his right foot. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> it was a lovely finish. It was yeah. really, really nice. He's made a big difference. He yeah. came into the team. I think yeah. his first game he replaced Tanzer as they, they played at Rugby Park against Kelly. And okay, Kelly don't score a lot of goals typically anyway, but he, um, <laughs> he, he kept us very quiet. And, and I've always liked Booth. I, I thought um, when he played for Partick Thistle, he did well at the top flight level. Um, and he was one that I think he was kind of maybe slightly unfairly maligned when he went there. Like, like folk went like a while signing him. But I've always kind of thought he's a pretty decent left back. He's not. He's not like an amazing top six player or anything, but he's a very competent Premiership player. Probably, probably in the same, and I don't don't mean to lump him in in this way, but he's probably in the same sort of categories like Ricky Foster. You know what you're getting. He's going he'll to do be final. Yeah. He's not going to win a game for. You. He's not, not going to change. Typically, but apparently, to, yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, we also saw Stevie Mago, which is. Um, Exciting! It was, he, it was, he looked kind of terrified, right? Yeah, <laughs> he looked absolutely petrified. I mean, I, I, fair play to him because there, there there's been so many times over the last couple of years where he's got into those sorts of positions, and you know, he he just makes the wrong decision at the last minute, and it looked even there like you tried to chip the keeper, and almost keeper almost got a hand on it, but just at no point watching it do you think I'm confident he's going to score, even though he's doing everything right, like he holds off the defender, he, he gets away from him. Like he does go a little wide and he manages to chip the keeper, but yeah, fair play to him. I, I mean, I think overall it was a very, very good. It lo- or certainly looked like a very good performance from St Johnston. Um, they've started. Well, they're stopped. They've stopped conceding goals. Their forms. Their, good, their forms picked up. Uh, Murray Davidson had looked like he had an excellent game. Um, they looked like they had they had a, a, a bit more of a goal threat about them, and Morton didn't. Lie down, didn't roll over. Like yeah. Xander, Xander Clark had a really good game as well. So it, you know, it was a hard fought three nil. Um, it wasn't like they just turned up and and they they outclassed them. And I thought that potentially could have been one of the upsets because you never really know what you get. What you more. get with the, either yeah, of the side team, yeah, at the moment. It's interesting team as well. You you see Gordon's now back in there as well. You see Booth in at left back. I'd, Tanzer I've never had a, a, a great amount of love for because I don't think he can defend particularly well. You dray right back in the side and maybe just get him to that point where he's not just returning from injury but now he's actually able to play again after injury as well. And, and without Kennedy and they still, you know, it looks like he's potentially going to be away this month but the... Yeah. Um, although the, the one downside, I guess, was obviously the, the crematorium, the, the big hot burning fire who used up all the energy from the... <laughs> From the uh, from the area, which meant uh, the floodlights had to, had to get a wee kick start, but that's fine. They, they, now Kennedy, if he gets the money for him, they can they can Tom like for another, another, <laughs> shil- another in shilling in the meter, as your father would me say. Uh, we'll go to Tony Macaroni as Livingston defeated Wraith Rovers three uh, one. Livingston continued the the their great run of playing Ajax and the left by rounding it off by playing Wraith Rovers and beating them. <laughs> So a bit of an odd, a bit of an odd run for them in in that respect, um, but yeah, that again looked like a very sort of 
frustrating. It sounded like it looked, certainly looked and sounded like Livio were making quite heavy weather of it. Wraith Rovers. Um, Sean's always at pains to tell us about how Wraith Rovers can't defend, but then Wraith Rovers looked like they defended very well um, throughout the game until Ian Davidson did what Ian Davidson is very prone to doing at times. Um, maybe a bit unlucky. Yeah, it's probably a penalty because yeah. his, arm, his arm's a bit out, but at the same time, as we said with the Bonnie Rig one, maybe the other way around, it doesn't it doesn't get given. Um, and, and it was a shame because I think Wraith, from, from what I gathered, played very well. Got themselves up to um, you know seventy seven minutes. We yeah. were still one 0 up away from home against a Premiership team. Yeah, at that point, you're looking at going to the very least get taking a replay from yeah. that as well. I also feel like I've seen that John John Baird goal about a hundred times. <laughs> like that's that's what John Baird the goal that he scores yeah. uh, again. It's uh, I, I would not at any point profess to be a lower league expert, but that seems exactly the sort of finish that I would expect from him until I remember that he's about four hundred years old. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Wraith coped very well with Livingston. I think Livingston had largely seemed to have the 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 most of the uh, the play to start with. Conceded, didn't really know what to do from there. The, I think the penalty was it probably is a penalty, you know, like you say, but it it's. A, a few years ago, it probably wasn't. It's, it again feels like the sort of one that had it not been given, it's just a talking point. It's yeah. not, it doesn't feel like a, an absolute disgrace that it's not been given. But then they just switched off, and yeah. there, there's a lack of concentration. And rather than going, like, we were, we were hanging in, not even hanging in this. We were kind of in control of this game for for um, almost eighty minutes. They completely lose the plot for the McKay's McKay's t- taking a, a touch, which just, is. Last five minutes of five aside when, a, you, when you're ten, but when you're when you're about eight goals down. Yeah, I mean there, there's a there's a sort of needless touch out wide. There's a needless pass through the middle, and then there's like a, just yeah, Mikai pass that uh, touch is, is is horrendous, and uh, they're they're behind. And um, it was a smashing finish from. Oh, it was open open up his body and clipping it, and yeah, the, he just looks like a, he looks like a proper striker every yeah. time you and just got that real. Um, go on and talk about Shankland, he's got the same thing. You just look at him, you go like, you just you just know how to shape your body, you know how to get yourself into that position, and you when you see the ball leave their foot, you think it's going in. Yeah, yeah, and and it's really interesting. I think I mean when you're talking about the most improved players of the last eight twelve months, he I did not think like he he was very useful last season. He put himself about. He was physical. He did l- lots of good things, but he never really looked like. Poacher or finisher who's yeah. going to suddenly be able to score a bunch of goals at a higher level and now you know he definitely is that do we cap him just to get him just to get him uh, I mean given the only option we've got for that is the, is the Israel game just cap him I think I think he's um, he'll be doffing more than Naismith now as a centre forward um, it's, whether he, it's whether McBurney comes back into the frame or not but I would definitely have him in the squad if yeah. I, think, yeah. I think he will play either for Scotland or Australia I think yeah. the, the, the trajectory his career's on now, he'll be away from Livingston in the summer, he'll go somewhere, he'll get a big move, and I think he will be capped by us, so, and if not, as then Australia, so yeah. I think, really, why not? It's not, like we're, it's not like we're falling over other options. Good. Um, we'll move to Chris Box 6, Queen's Park 0. Yeah, it was, a, it was such a funny game, because they thought, it, like, like, Almost, I came away. I wasn't like I still don't have any sense of whether we were playing well or not. <laughs> <laughs> because because it, it, it was very much give Chris Burke the ball, open play and corners, and and just let him sling balls into the box. Even like the free kicks that we won, 
were coming from things from him. The, in the corners that we won were coming from things from him. It was it was almost like watching. A, I think I think Buck said this himself, but it was like watching like a primary school football game when there's yeah. one guy that's just a different level to everybody else. And like he's the one that will make it. Ironically, he's never the one that makes it. Yeah. Um, but just playing at a completely different level yeah. to everybody else on the field. He's, he's just such a he's such a good player. He's, uh, we talked about this before, but. I don't remember him being very good when he was like. I don't mean he was always like, yeah, he's, uh, Chris Box like a good player, but you never thought he stood out in any way. And I don't know if he's just completely reassessed the way he plays football now. And the quality of his deliveries all game was exceptional. It was just mm. so good, you know. What has to be to set up so many goals. Fair enough, Queen. I mean, Queen's partly what they were unambitious. They turned up, but that that's what you would expect. And, and we only we only broke them down once from open play. If you want to say that, however. To actually construct five separate set pieces, <laughs> you obviously have the, the possession. I mean, you, you, you see, you see, constructing five separate set pieces when two of them were abso- at least two of them were absolutely identical yeah, to one another. Yeah. So Bruce and Finley's headers were just put the ball same area and just put it in. Um, I was trying to find any kind of record of anyone providing six assists in one game, and no, no one. I, I, none. Can, I remember we did a podcast years ago. Um, Ryan Gold set up yeah. either three or four, four in, in one game, game against Dundee United, and we like. went to the length of this was back when we were in Edinburgh. It was, I think me, Tony, and, and Fowler went to the length of doing a special episode to talk about how good Ryan Gold was. <laughs> um, so offers are open for a Chris Burke special. <laughs> um, the, the other thing was was getting uh, Harry Bunn played sixty minutes, sixty-five minutes. He looks talented. He, the, all the play came down the right hand side, so he was on the left. So. <laughs> Much. Greg Kilty started um, through the middle as a kind of number nine, which was certainly strange. Um, but Brophy was was out, and yeah, Kabamba, who he signed on Friday night, he looks like he'll be well, be a lot of fun. <laughs> I, um, I think Bun will be good. Everything I've read about him, I think he's going to do well. Kabamba, I don't know if he'll do well or not, but he will be. Um, even the goal he scored was literally enough he's us. Yeah, yeah. Just ran, ran into it essentially. Um, but yeah, nothing much more to report from that. I don't think it tells us anything about Kelly, but as far as he's great to see Stuart Finley back, he will make a difference because he's one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah, I mean, it is going kind of, well. So I found a bunch of players that had, scored, that had uh, recorded four assists in one game. Neymar have done it, Messi's done it. I think six players in the English Premier League have done it. Couldn't find anyone that had even done five. Let alone six, and it's like you're saying. Like I think, up until his early thirties, like Chris Burke played a really high level. Uh, but I always thought his game was about like he was he was quick when he was younger. He was he was a good finisher, and he put in a real shift. But he seems to have found vision in his later years. That I do, or, just, or it was he's always just, there, but he's it's just slowed down. So he's just like, like everything else is slowed down round about him, <laughs> other than that. And he's yeah. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, congratulations to Hamilton Ackies who've won their first cup game since 2017. Um, they lost to Queen's Park in penalties in the league cup. They, they, they just literally. I'm not, I'm not counting group stages yeah. games in this. I'm not counting group stages <laughs> but games. But even at that, they've, they've taken some yeah. awful results there. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton Ackies 5, Edinburgh City 0. Um, which is good fun because Andy Dale scored with what I presume might have been just about his first touch for Ackies. Um, a guy who is an absolute catastrophe for Dundee Football Club. More on them later. Um, Scunthorpe is on loan from. Sure. I think he scored. I think he scored with his first touch for Scunthorpe as well. And <laughs> I don't think he's got many others other than Just, first touch for a new club. When, when you get a twenty-six-year-old winger on loan, that's never a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why, why, is he, why is he being wound out from, from that level at that age? But, yeah, Scott McMahon, that was a really nice piece yeah. of work from him. Um, they, were, they were neat. Hamilton yeah. were neat. They, they played a lot. I mean, you know, obviously, they, they're, they're a fair few levels above Edinburgh City, but they moved the ball around really nicely. They, they weren't just slinging balls on top of anyone that wasn't like peppering the goals with anything they they were playing football and they they were pretty good to watch um first time hamilton have scored five in five years so uh, you know a bit of a treat for their fans there um and like you say they've had a horrendous cup record yeah, so it definitely was almost exactly to the to the it was a scottish cup game yeah. at, at, at hamilton wasn't it at the, almost to the day the stadium was called at that point yeah a couple of weeks either way yeah i very much remember i was looking at as soon as you said it was us wasn't it yeah yeah absolutely yeah. us and andrew winter um came on his debut and scored as well um, I'm sure he was part of the team that did pretty well in the UEFA Youth League last season. Um, so he's one that has kind of been talked about, and they do keep churning out these players. And okay, nobody recently has gone on to the levels of, of McCarthy or MacArthur, or even even really the levels of Brian Easton, but they are churning out players constantly. And yeah. So um, yeah. It's, it's good to see that as well. Yep. Yeah. And I did see actually Jamie Hamilton have been linked with a big money move to England. I yeah. don't know how much truth was in that but we'll wait and see um, we will go to what was kind of the only sort of real shock of the round as Air United defeated Ross County um, it's just I'm going to say it's just as well that Ross County have signed called Donaldson because I had a look back again today as well just the number of goals that Ross County have conceded which is exactly like that just high balls into the box players attacking them and Ross County centre half just being nowhere near it um, I just Goal after goal this season has, has been along those lines. Um, looking at the game as well, the guy, uh, his new signing, Aaron Drennan, on loan from Ipswich, I think it is, he looked magic. He looked like really good fun, sort of big, sort of strong boy, good and pacey, and sort of taking on, uh, holding the ball up while also taking and, and yeah, taking on defenders. Kind of dynamite well. to him, there was a dynamite to him. Yeah, dynamite <laughs> as far as trying to say. Um, he looked like an awful lot of fun. He looked like a bit of a find. And with guys like Moffat and Forrest uh, at Air United as well, that seems like a, the, the obvious centre-forward that they need. As much as Chris Dolan is, is rightfully revealed uh, by Partick Thistle fans, and by, I think, Scottish football fans in general for being a very good footballer, um, he is reaching an age where you, you're asking an awful lot of him and having a centre-forward who's young, big, strong, fast, and allowing other people to play around them for the United, um, I think be a real benefit for them as well. Um, in addition, something was missed out in the BBC highlights, Ian Vigers was an absolute shocker mm. of a challenge on uh, Ross Doherty as well, which I was astonished that it missed the highlights and wasn't even wasn't even given us a film. He's, he's always been like that, Vigers, because he's too lazy to, to track back or run. He's just that type of player. So rather than that, he'll just try and basically commit brutality to <laughs> save himself the hassle he, he is I mean he'd be saying people are not that type of player but he very much is He's that type absolutely of that sort of player but yeah absolutely credit to the United it was uh, a very good performance <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good performance against a, a, a top flight team um, Ross County looked as if they were kind of throwing kitchen sink at it in the second half bringing on 
uh, Graham and uh, Billy McKay to go up alongside uh, Erwin uh, up front. I feel feel a bit sorry for Erwin in the sense that he looked like he did everything right for a lot of his chances, but um, just couldn't yeah get his finishing touch to it. I think it's been a lot of his career actually. He's a player who looks very good every time. I I love watching him play for us, but just. Doesn't do something it. a wee bit short. Yeah, um, and he'll just seem to respond by just we'll just take well, you're going to put th- play three to centre forward. We'll play an extra centre half and just saw the game out. It was really sort of stout and uh, impressive stuff from. Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 more concerning thing for like Ross County, another club that've got like pretty horrendous cup record yeah. over the last ten years. I mean, since since they got runners up, they have beaten Devon Vale, Albion, Stenhousemuir, Dunfermline, Linlithgow. Dundee United and Motherwell, sorry. No, I was saying. But like, there, there's not a huge amount of top quality sides in there over the last 10 years. Um, and they've now only won two of the last 15, uh, which is obviously a huge concern. The, the priority will will be the league and staying in the, in the top flight. But the concern for them, I think, is Air were pretty comfortable. Yeah. It didn't like it. if you go out to Air United, they're a good side. They're you know they're they're fighting for uh, promotion uh, in the championship. They're one of the better sides in that division and have been for the last couple of years. But they were very comfortable. They they Ross County had their chances as you're definitely going to have. Uh, you, you're going to um, get as the top flight side with the quality that they do have in there. But it didn't look like it. It wasn't like scrambling out. Like you say, yeah. they they kind of managed the game yeah. at the end and. Although Ross County had options on the bench and they're they're bringing on quality players, um, it it didn't look like it significantly changed the game, and I think that's probably the bigger concern with, you know, just in, in the wider uh, the wider story of their season. That and everything I see, I Stuart Kettlewell and interview, he just he is saying the same things of oh, we've let the boys know that, that that's not acceptable. Like, mm. Well, they're not fucking listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been not been acceptable for what is it? 13 out of the last 15 games yeah. um, and again it's the same problems and again the Donaldson should make a difference to them um, Tilson I've, I've, I've no real idea aside from the fact that he kicked an early United player there wasn't really a huge amount of detail on him either Could but I like him already <laughs> <laughs> but for a, a guy that couldn't get a game ahead of Nicky Law and Jake Taylor at Exeter I have my suspicions mm. on him um, yeah, it's beginning to look at a, maybe a little bit worrying for them. Moving on to uh, Alloa 2, Inverness 3, which felt like it was just dying out for somebody to say the words. Um, this uh, defending is a, is a dying art. Yeah. Um, as all five goals in this game, which again is five goals. It sounds like it's a thriller. It's really bad. <laughs> Um, <coughs> and Aaron Doran only three assists. I mean, yeah. which you know, just, just, it doesn't matter. It barely even getting out of bed. Um, yeah, it, it it was pretty horrendous defending. It was looked pretty good fun from, from yeah. you know a kind of madcap screwball cup tie. Uh, it wasn't necessarily both sides going for it, but Cali ahead. Then horrendous defending, and ahead again horrendous defending, and then finally uh, won it. I, I think it's someone is going to get a steal this summer from Aaron Doran, who like I mean Liam Paulworth, so a similar sort a similar of situation. situation. Yeah. He's had injury problems over the last few years, uh, but he's been at Cali for you know seven eight years now. He's always looked. He's always scored goals. He's always created goals. 
he's just he is a level above where he is playing. Um, out of contract in the summer, I would assume there are enough people looking at what he's doing that you know he will not be playing championship football next season, even if if uh, Cali Cali still are because someone will get a bargain with him. He like, he's good at set pieces. He's good from distance. He sees things that other teams don't, and no. he still is only twenty eight. So no, he'll be playing championship if it's like a Dundee or the Hearts or someone that pick him up and. Yeah. Um, do that. I think Jordan White's another one who mm. I um, I think is maybe ready for a go at the top flight. I'm not he's convinced. Linked, he, linked with us at the moment. I'm not convinced he's necessarily definitely up to it, but I think he's worth a worth a punt for someone because he just he, he's always scored a lot of goals at whatever level he's played at. Um, kind of you know going back all the way through his career. Um, and and I can imagine him. You know, he'll, he'll rough people up. He'll noise people up. Um, and a similar sort of molded uh, as we we're talking types, about Dykes yeah. earlier. Mm. Um, yeah, for for Aloha, I think they they don't particularly tend to do very well in the cups. Um, I think I think it's the eighties was the last time we got the quarterfinals, which for a team that have been kicking about a decent level of Scottish yeah. football for that amount of time is pretty disappointing. Um, and yeah, the, the attendance was very poor actually at the game. And we okay, it's quite far apart and all that, but. Can hope for a bit more. Yeah, um, yeah, especially because I think they did actually for a change reduce their prices, which they're not, they're not, not, they don't <laughs> normally do for these games. So uh, just on Alan Doran, um, sort of a, a Scottish football based, slightly broken winger. Um, I would imagine he's been stuffed in the back of Nigel Clough's motor at the moment <laughs> and been driven, driven to bottom as we speak. Uh, we'll go through the the tie of the round, the tie of the round for for teams outside the the, the top four divisions. Uh, as East Kilbride were defeated 3-1 by BSC Glasgow. Um, my main feelings on it is a uh, shout-out to the, the BSC lads for not doing that uh, chant in the dressing room afterwards and instead going to pump it up, yeah. uh, which is a, a welcome change and a new tune to be brought into uh, a dressing room celebration, so good on them for that as well. Yeah, um, they, they are, I mean, they have consistently been very good in the Lowland League over the last few years. Like They're always kind of top three, top four. Um, they're the same again. If they're, they're probably just a, they're definitely still in the race with Kelty and Bonnery, but they're, they're probably just a wee bit back. Like they, you wouldn't expect them. They are very much third favourites for that, but they are building something pretty good there. You can tell. You know, there are people there who are kind of interested wise. and wise mm-hmm. and yeah, doing the right things. Um, and it is funny talking about Aloha that that obviously. Recreation Park is still going to host a, a game in the last 16 even if it's not not Aloha playing at it um, I think the sooner that they can maybe ground shade at Lesser Hamden or somewhere like that and actually be in Glasgow yeah. it's very weird having a team called BSC Glasgow playing <laughs> not very close to Glasgow um, but they are a good team they've got they've got good players and um, you saw that I think East Kilbride I think for me we expect East Kilbride to win because in the past they've been, yeah, they've been, 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 but they've been on the slide this year and um, I thought it would be closer than it, than it seemed. I mean, certainly from from when you caught the highlights of this one, obviously, but um, it looked like they absolutely battered them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it gave the impression that BSC came out and were like, we're going to win this game in the first 15 yeah. minutes. It was going to absolutely go out here at all guns blazing. Let's win the game and then we'll, we'll, we'll look after ourselves in the second half. And as it turns out, pretty much exactly along those lines. Um, I think this is, this is the last... Uh, Non SPFL side and as well, yeah. Um, St Mirren 3, Broxburn Athletic 0. Broxburn Athletic sadly eliminated as the other club with the truly the greatest crest left in the Scottish yes, Cup to this yes. day. Um, the weird thing with this game is that certainly in the first two goals, maybe less than the third one, 
it all looked like it was been played in slow motion. Mm. Like every bit of the game looks like it was just so. Everyone's everyone's movements even looked slow. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's probably, <coughs> it's probably what you expect from from a team five divisions below the yes, Premiership. Yeah. Like you're not expecting them to come and play St Mirren off the park. Incredible uh, crowd from like yeah. sixteen hundred fans. So there, there, I mean, there, yeah. um, it's more 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 Broxbourne fans in the world Dundee fans in Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and, and like okay, it's again, it's a big day out and all that, and, and that will happen. But it's another thing. I mean, they narrowly missed out actually two Bonnie Rose Bonnie Rig Rose in the um, promotion playoffs at the end of last season but it was like a three way playoff thing and, and going into the last five minutes of, of the final game the three, three teams so going into the last five minutes of the last game it was like all three teams because there were three even the team that weren't <laughs> uh, I, think Bro- I think if I remember rightly Broxburn weren't playing but had a certain goal not gone in they would have won the league but then Bonnie Riggs scored in the last minute which meant they got it was it was ludicrous um, I, had, I mean I uh, I was sort of vaguely aware of that last year. Surely the option at the end would just to be build a three-sided pitch. Yeah, <laughs> three-way football, try yeah. a triangle ball. Yeah, um, World Cup, World Cup pairs. Yeah, just three goals, be... three, just a really big bit of astro and three goals and one uh, each corner of a triangle. Um, but but the they, um, two balls. <laughs> from St Mary's point of view, it's just win, get through. Um, you're kind of on hiding in nothing with that game. You, um, you win and you get through and Obika scored and good. Um, what do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, spe- speaking of uh, what do you want me to say, uh, I'll both now fuck up, fuck up now. Um, if nothing else, right, the, the, if, if that scouting report which appealed, which was meant to, supposedly meant to be uh, our brother's scout, brother scouting report of Falkirk, which a lot of people have been a little bit unkind about, I think, because a lot of it's pretty much on the money. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean Connor Salmon will track back, I suppose, but he's not that great. I mean, I don't know how much money Dick McManus paid to be described as like this. <laughs> you know, Zlatan yeah, Ibrahimovic of the lower leagues, but two, two, two centre forwards who are only really interested in scoring goals and not really a partnership. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's much. Gary Gary, Gary Mill, Johnnyman. That was the best one. Yeah, it's both absolutely correct. And it illuminates all you really need to The, 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 the yeah. David McMillan one was very good because it said ineffective but looks the part. Like, That's the perfect, <laughs> yeah. the, the perfect description of him because you always look at him and he looks like a straight card. Looks like he might be a player. Just because it's unkind doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> and it's not meant for public consumption. No, exactly. So, yeah. um, I, I've, I've got absolutely nothing on this. I've both looked look vaguely better in the first half. Falkirk looked vaguely better in the second half. Um, the only downside is that we couldn't just eliminate them both for being ter- playing a terrible game of football um, and do they have to play again yeah, yeah. and do it again yeah yeah, yeah I, I've got alleged scouting report and uh, who was the underdog question mark but it's not even that exciting it's not even that nah, interesting to do nah. anyway sorry our both and Falkirk fans um, for all number of reasons yeah we like one of you very much um, Hearts 5 Erdronians now uh, thoughts and prayers to Ian Murray in this difficult time <laughs> right, he was, he was, uh, was that bit on this in his post-match interview Brilliant. I don't you'll love to see it I don't, I, think, I don't think it was a 5 no, but I can't remember exactly what he yeah, said yeah. I was like you are absolutely fuming about this you and nothing, not because you're the manager. No, no, no. Nothing, no. Absolutely nothing to do with a the man, A man who once uh, shaved 7-0 into his forehead before suffering an embarrassing um, New Year's Day defeat to Hearts. Um, Very good. Yeah. They, they, if anyone in League One was watching, 
low crosses into the box. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like it's not like you see if, if Falkirk are looking for more stout scouting responses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm available now, right? Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll do it for nothing. Like it's not like you you watch you know like what Chris Burke was doing and it's all like amazing deliveries and he's played at high level and there's vision and it's it's things that are hard to repeat. Basically, Hearts got to the, got to the byline or even enough, and f- like not even fizzed balls, put balls across the six yard box, eight, eight yards out, whatever it was. Some of them two yards out, and uh, Airdrie, despite having you know two or three men sitting o- on the goal line at times, were unable to deal with this sophisticated tactics. I mean, I'm being slightly unfair because obviously, a couple of weeks ago, Hearts would not have won five nil. Um, I think there was a bit of pace and there was a bit of youthful exuberance to them that uh, they wouldn't have had pre in the pre Stendhal era. Um, a better would definitely have given at least one away. Yeah, and they would have won in the manner that some of the other Premier League teams won yeah. and gone through. And it, you know, it's fine; it had been dealt with. But I think there were there were encouraging performances from Hearts. I think. Sean, Sean Clare's rehabilitation continues uh, yes, a pace. Uh, uh, that, that, that was yeah, it was that was brilliant. Uh, and and uh, Naismith's one from Ian Henderson, just the the, the run into the box was yeah. really incisive. And, yeah, what what I felt about this game was that it it tells us almost nothing about tells us nothing about Hearts pretty much. Tells us a lot about Stephen Naismith, yeah. um, given that the the way in which Stendhal has come into the club and emptied basically everyone that yeah. seemed to be kind of half arse in it. Glenn Whelan um, yeah. <laughs> and the alternative is Stephen Naismith who's now Hearts Club captain and continues to look the part as Hearts Club captain almost immediately because presumably he was in that same boat as mm-hmm. Whelan um, as Berra as the various coaches and staff who as a senior member a senior member of the playing staff you need to be given more mm-hmm. so I presume Stendhal's had a go and said you need to give more and he's gone yeah right yeah and I think that there was there was a sort of strange sort of wave and then it's come back of people publishing if, if not supporting but certainly publishing all the, the grievances of the players that got emptied for the position that they're in and the salary that they're on and and it's not like they were it was you know a knee jerk reaction over a couple of bad games these have been players that have not played well for 6, 12, 18 yeah. months yeah. Um so I, yeah, I don't think there's a huge amount that we can read into whether the Stendhal revolution is is up and running properly off the back of a game where Airdrie just could not defend anything. Uh, but there was a bit of a spring in their step. Like you say, uh, Stephen Naismith looked very effective, led the line well in a very young side, uh, was doing all the right things. And it, it does kind of give an indication that some of the players that were emptied out and the direction that they were going, which which generally seemed to be the consensus of the fans, was the right decision. Has anyone said Stendolution yet? No. Right, Stendolution. Stendolution. Uh, Stendolicious. We'll go to Aberdeen, where the, the Haunted Amusement Dave Col- the Haunted Amusement Park Dave Colmack here is off to a flying start with a one nothing win against Dumbarton. Um Quite aside from the game, which... Looked very nondescript. The red shed looked amazing. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, um, a bit of credit to to them for trying something different, and you know it could only really be done in a in a cup game. And there was even like the flickerings of a bit of personality on social yeah. media as well. Yeah, uh, really, really. You know, what are you, what are you doing, guys? Yeah. Um, yeah, all for it. And that 
the clubs who have performed well with their not not even the clubs that performed well, but the clubs who have developed big and strong relationships with their fans over the past few years have been like Hearts were essentially asking for money to fund mm. the club. Hibs following on from the Scottish Cup win where they really capitalised from that as well. Kilmarnock when they've sort of in the aftermath of the Steve Clark era, people still seem to be turning up and still seem to be broadly positive about it. Motherwell do similar things as well and there's a lot of clubs doing a lot of work to try and get people into the ground keep them there and give people a good day out more than anything else make it somewhere that you want to come back and I said the game seemed completely irrelevant to it because the pre-match and while I don't expect flame boxes before every Aberdeen game I do now you do now (laughs) flame boxes built into into the standards they're the ones you wheel out but it just felt and it, it does feel a bit sort of vaguely daft MLS American nonsense but again if it gets people through the door and it gets people enjoying going to the football in Aberdeen something I've always been struck about going to Pitogen is that nobody really gives the impression they're having a good time there yeah. and I think taking it away from the Dick Donald stand which always feels a bit clean a bit tidy and a, bit, a nice place to go and sit and watch football and making it the red shed again just give people a reason to go instead of, instead of giving people reasons not to go Give people reasons to go, make it an atmosphere, make it something that you want to go and be part of and you want to come back to. And I think and that, they move it 20 miles out of the city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, it, it's, people have turned up, you know, the last three or four years, they're, they're, and even, you know, going way back to, to 30 years ago when there was a real reason to be there every week, the attendances weren't crazy, crazy. It was ne- yeah. like, Pitodri is never packed every week. Yeah. The gu- it never, ever has been. Um, so the the crowds have been there, but they've turned up out of habit, I think, and credit for trying something a little bit different. Um, and hopefully, the, it's the the first of a few more initiatives uh, along those lines. Um, and hopefully, it's a slightly better game for everyone who turned up because it looked, um, you know, plenty of chances, but just looked very very uh, sterile. Um, until Rigo Mikitongo trying to kick somebody's leg yeah oh well, yeah <laughs> um, and, and what was a really fantastically stonewall penalty uh, we'll head to the, the most common cup tie of all time I think which is part of Thistle 1 Celtic 2 uh, Lee Griffiths is back again and how many times have we seen this game now yeah I feel like it happened last year it did happen last year didn't yeah. it they were 2-0 up and Partick Thistle scored literally the last kick of the ball again just, just like ban them from playing against each other. It's I do, do like a UEFA draw, nice. but it's in different pots. Yeah, you can't draw that. Can't draw each other. Can do the same with Kelly and Aberdeen for fun. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we need to start in, in, introducing this. The mother would indeed the same actually, which we'll come on to talk about. I was on the way home from Rugby Park, and I thought, well, I stick this on. I'd had to get a stream for it. Cause I don't have anything on my tablet for Premier Sports, or will I stick the? Um, English game on what was the English game at tea time obviously made a big impression on me Chelsea Newcastle yeah. wasn't it and I was like which one of these will I watch and then literally I sat down on the train five or ten minutes gone to make this decision and I got the notification 1-0 Celtic Lee Griffiths I'm like right Newcastle Chelsea <laughs> and um, I don't think I, I don't I mean that was rubbish as well but I don't, still didn't particularly regret that decision um, but I mean Celtic were, were comfortable throughout the game. Thistle did their general thing against Celtic in that they looked like they might score at one point and then eventually did score somehow. Um, and then maybe looked like they might threaten a wee bit, but ultimately that was kind of the end of it. Um, but Julian getting bullied by Dario Z is not a good look. It's um, not, not great, no. Uh, 
that was and I mean some question as to whether it was a penalty or yeah. not, uh, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It, I mean, it certainly did, the immediate reaction was. I mean, the, the him, he himself sort of was like, ah, caught. It was really simple. All right, yeah, definitely. Yeah, as we smell, we're like, oh, yeah. Um, but oh, sorry, I think, do you mean the the Celtic shout or the one Thistle got? The one Thistle got. No, no, the, no, no, no chance. I mean, the only, the only uh, there was one replay and one camera, and you know, maybe there's something else, but certainly. You know the, the the reaction from all in, uh, all involved suggested that it wasn't a penalty. Um, the other thing that I think was slightly puzzling is Lee Griffith's reaction. You know, biting his tongue at the critics. I think largely people have been very accepting, yeah. very supportive, very understanding of everything that he has gone through, whatever it is that he has gone through over the last year or so. And the only person who starts fires is Lee Griffiths, who likes posts on social media suggesting that he's about to head off, or, you know, he's played his last game for Celtic. I think sometimes people are looking for, like, a very deep meaning in a very, very shallow pool, and he's not. He's, he, he's, he, he, it's exactly what it looks like, and I, I don't think there's any need to come out and and suggest that, uh, you know, he's, he's hit back at the critics, because everyone's kind of been on his side. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Dundee nil, Motherwell three. Uh, Dundee Football Club are terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Uh, we were not good. Um, we did not look a particularly coherent team, and um, we got significantly worse after Jermaine Hilton went off because I'm pretty sure Sadoff's a bust. Um, so for the best part of it, forty minutes, didn't really offer anything, um, and then followed that up by bringing on Liam Donnelly for uh, in the midfield and immediately becoming a better football team again. Um, O'Hara I'm still unsure of I'd like him to be good and I, I think he's got all of that attributes to be good but still hasn't really shown he's, it and he's against... a very Dundee player he's a loser he doesn't do it like he's, he's never finished above like 8th in the league or something like that um, Like it was the same with us you, you can see he looks good but the record doesn't lie it's a kind of Jonah thing Like you know, okay, he's going to do yeah. it this year he's not going to finish bottom 6 in Motherwell but... still every chance yeah. uh, still every chance I've got a lot of fear about playing Aberdeen on Wednesday night but nonetheless um Chris Long scored a hat trick. How many of these goals will we given to him? <laughs> At the Terrace Dubious Goals panel, how many of Chris Long's goals from from Saturday night is he getting? The, the, I don't see how you can't give him the, the third one, even though it's, it's ludicrous. <laughs> it's, it, it was like the, the 2010, 2020 remix of Cammy Bell, like yeah, flashing yeah. through there. <laughs> Except Cammy Bell, that was, the, that was the game that cemented his reputation as a kind of... And again, to be fair to Cammy Bell as well, that took a huge deflection yeah. on the way through. Chris Long's was just a, a, a wet, Chris Long strikes the ball really well, struck a ball sort of towards a corner, which Hamlin had in his hands. Um, I mean, I would generally be in favour for of some sort of like you know, all in agreement that goalkeepers generally can't score own goals because it's not. I mean, however. I think Jack <laughs> Hamilton is the exception because there have it, it's not just it's not just down to goalkeeper blame and if it comes off the post and it hits the keeper's head and it goes in I'd still kind of give it the, yeah. the, the credit to the however the times when he's got it he's got he's, he's behind it his whole body's behind it it's it's a good shot but it's not a great shot you've, you've done everything I oh, know you haven't no 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 and that has to 
His, so I would give him it, it was waiting nonchalantly two. like then chucked the ball back out of the goal having it yeah. having been about f- five yards over the line yeah. maybe nobody saw it yeah. I'll, just, I'll just play just on launch it up the park and it'll be yeah. play on not great Motherwell's second goal was really well, well worked I um, thought it was like an incredibly good finish as yeah. well I think he didn't get enough credit similar for that. to Dykes as well just yeah. opening up his body and just lifting it beyond where the goalkeeper's going to get I thought it was it was it was a, a a high point in what was a very beige game. Again, as much as I was making cracks about it earlier on as well, like the Dundee turnout on the night was really really disappointing. We, when I got up to got up to my seat, I actually had to check the time because I thought I'd turned up like half an hour early, and the Motherwell fans were just bang up for it. Um, but no, it's just you could have counted the Dundee fans there. I think Mark Gillespie could have counted the Dundee fans there if he'd wanted to. Um, really poor, really poor from Dundee, kind of. Both we, on, on, the, on and off the pitch. Yeah, we can't avoid uh, Scotland international Graham Dorans um, just shiting it in the wall, which which led to the first goal as well. Having already just prior to it, kind of try to win a cheap free kick for for very little. I'm not convinced his heart's in it. No. Again, I, I mean, if if the chance he, the the, the, the chart is that I think it's MK Dons are looking yeah. at him as well. If I'm Graham Dorans, I'd take it. Yes. At yeah. this point in time. Um, James McPake probably isn't the answer to the question that Dundee are asking. Um, and again, maybe... In terms of the question, is... <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they, they just offered very little. There's a, there's a whole collection of bodies in that squad. Again, we see this every year, but Dundee has a whole collection of bodies that just aren't performing either to the level that they can or they just can't perform at the level that they need to be. Um, and that's kind of throughout the squad. The McPake's tried various ways and various different things to do it. And shout out to the Dundee fan who got really upset who was sitting in front of me when I burst out laughing at Jamie Nessie's fresher swing, which was objectively <laughs> funny. One more to go, which is our final game of the weekend, which is Dundee United 2, Hibernian 2. And shout out to Hibernian for ruining my top quality tweet, which will still go out when Hibs are empty them in the replay at Easter Road. Um, but yeah, it was a reasonably entertaining game. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yep. It seemed like a really uh, interesting game. Uh, I think both... both Went for it, uh, very open. I think Hibs looked like they pretty much bossed the first half, and I think, uh, I think for most of the first half, it looked like a good top flight side against a good championship side who who you know defended well and, uh, and did their did their part, but were kind of chasing shadows for a lot of it. Hibs should have scored at least two, and then Shanklin gets. A chance, gets a chance. Like not even a not even a clear chance. I mean, even he like he gets the ball in the box, and it looks like the chance is gone. It looks like he he's been well shepherded. Um, yeah, but gets a chance uh, and equalizes, and completely out of nowhere, uh, it, it's level, and kind of similar story in the second half. To be honest, the hips look like the better side. They uh, Mark Boyle put the back in front, and then out of nowhere, then the United gets uh, get the equalizer, and it goes back to replay. I think. Yeah, I'm quite happy to have this one again. It, it seems like a good fun for all for for the neutrals involved, and Dundee United is obviously happy to to still be in it. But um, Hibs a bit wasteful, uh, which seems to be a recurring theme for quite a few sides. Yeah, I, I was. I've always I'd always thought Dundee United would do okay in the Premiership with that squad, like not you know like like not get relegated but the more you watch them and the more I've seen them I'm, I'm not so sure like they will need big changes I think yeah I think we, we had that conversation yeah. during the game there's a, there's a whole collection of players in like Dundee United squad who 
are good at championship level and should be winning the league but there's a whole lot of them that I don't think can mm. step up and I think if I think if United do come up I think there will need to be as you say wholesale <laughs> changes there's yeah. not a huge number of bodies within that squad that I would say confidently you, you'll do fine in the, in, the prem, in, the, in the Premiership and there's a collection of guys there I mean, Dundee United are going to come up you don't imagine they're going to come up and try and avoid relegation no. they're going to want to be beyond that so they're, they're, I think they will take some serious mm-hmm. investment from that and the Sorry, I forgot. You, you do, sorry. Uh, you'd imagine that if they are going to have that mentality when they come up, and in all likelihood, they are going to have to replace a 35, 40 goal season striker yep. uh, uh, along the line. Um, I would say the one thing it, to their credit, and maybe it's just because they're so unused to losing at the moment, is I thought when Hibs scored, it looked like Dundee United are going to get swamped here. Yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah, get they, absolutely they turned over. Bit, yeah. And and they didn't. They you know they rode their luck a wee bit. But once they equalised, they did look like they were in the, you know, the second half was a bit better, and they did have they did create a bit more, and they did worry Hibs, uh, you know who are certainly potentially one of the better sides in in the in the top flight. Um, so they they didn't lose their belief, and I think they they're coming up next season, and I think they will have ambitions to that are probably not going to be matched by the squad, but I think they'll be absolutely fine when they do. I think for Hibs, Jack Ross needs to sort that defence out. Um, so not, the, not good. Not, none of them showed themselves up. None of the five defenders, actually, that were on the park showed themselves up in particularly good light, I didn't think. And I, I, again, I think the, the addition of Obionga is a, is a huge boon for him in a number yeah. of ways, and that he'll cover a lot of ground in midfield, which should offer better protection at the, the, the back four, back five, whatever it's going to be behind them as well. But there's a collection that's similar to, and perhaps maybe similar to Dundee United, um, when they come up, there's a collection of those Hibs defenders who I'm still not convinced of at top flight level. Um, they so do, I think in five, there was six, because they had two right-backs as well. But, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they've done okay, and they've done fine in, for extended periods of time, but if Hibs want to go beyond that, they, they need better centre-halves, they need better throwbacks. Yeah. That rounds off. Um, just uh, we have got a little bit over today, so apologies for having to listen to us for an extra fifteen minutes. Uh, we are off to record the uh, Patreon content, which this week will be our best and worst Scottish Cup memories. Um, so, given that we don't win trophies, that's going to be really good fun. <laughs> um, you can subscribe to that at Patreon.com/slash/TerricePodcast. Um, there'll be another show on Thursday um, with the guys that we're back. Uh, thanks very much, Craig. Cheers. Thanks very much, Tom. Cheers. Thank you. Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.